Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Hi, this is Andy Peck here, welcoming you to another rerun of the very best episodes of The Leadership Show. That's determined by the downloads of listeners. And this week, we have a show with Andrew Mitchell. We're looking at Restoration Ministry, first broadcast in October 2021. I trust you'll find it an enjoyable listen. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. It's great to welcome you to the show that aims to help you lead in God's ways. Sometimes a clear lead from God doesn't lead to quite the outcome we expect. This is certainly the experience of today's guest, Andrew Mitchell, who at the height of his music career and about to record his fourth album, sensed direction from God to lay his music down for a season. This season led to him and his wife getting involved in property renovation and eventually acquiring a building on a stately home near Edinburgh, Scotland, a magnificent stately home with royal connections. But COVID struck and at one point they feared the building would be repossessed. But God was faithful and finances recovered. And although Andrew didn't perform for these years, he remained open to God and is now releasing a song titled For All You Have Done for this new post-COVID season based on that time. And I'm delighted that Andrew's joining me on the show. There are a ton of leadership lessons to grasp from his story, which is far richer than that uh, small introduction. So welcome to the leadership show, Andrew. Hey, Andy, it's a joy to be with you. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, really good to have you along. Uh, I've, I've read a little of your story, uh, and it's hard to know where to begin. Um, perhaps you could trace the moment uh, when you had a clear sense of of God indicating you should stop your music work uh, and have a new season of life. Yeah, it was pretty emphatic. I have to say, like many people listening will probably relate to when you're in any area of ministry, whatever that happens to be. Um, it's easy to st- sort of fall into some self-sufficiency. And I think that's what had happened with me after my third album and a lot of touring and being in the States recording for months at a time and just giving out and giving out worship events and conferences every week and uh, starting to feel quite burnt out, actually. Um, and I started to kind of give out from more of a works-centric place rather than a place of adoration. And um, thankfully, in his incredible love and wisdom, God took me aside and he just sort of tapped me on the shoulder and he said, son, I need to take you out of this for a season so I can do some work on your heart. Some will think, yeah, that, I've had that. And others will think, crumbs, how, does, how do you feel so certain when you're at such a place that God, it's God that's asking you to do that? Uh, I think that what I've learned is that faith is about surrendering, not about striving. And in Christian work, um, in any field of Christian work, it's easy to start doing it all out from your own strength. And, and that's never God's best for us, and it's never his plan for us. And it becomes really difficult to actually stop the momentum that you're an integral part of and just take time aside to let him do work on your own heart because you're constantly kind of ministering to other people and helping them. 
Um, and, and what I find really difficult personally was getting to a place of much, much deeper vulnerability in God where I would open myself up and honestly admit to him that, yes, actually transformation has to begin with me um, and give him the space to do that. He will always, I believe, work in direct proportion to the amount of space that we give him in our lives. If we give him just an inch of space and that's all he's got within which to work. But if we open ourselves up and in my case, kind of climb up on the spiritual operating table <laughs> and let him crank open my chest and really deal with my heart, then he'll take all that access um, and do a much, much deeper foundational work, which is what was needed in me and which thankfully he was he had the space to do because I, I realized I can't do this anymore without giving God greater sovereignty in me and, 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 and greater access and allow a process of much deeper transformation to take place. And that's even though I've been a Christian since I was 10, uh, there was still a huge amount of fundamental stuff that God really needed to kind of realign in me. And that season gave him the space to do that. And I'll forever be grateful for the fact that we have had that time together. Well, thank you for your, your candor, Andrew, in, in, in sharing that. Um, I mean, on a practical basis, of course, you had to earn a living, as it were. You got into property renovation, I understand. And that kind of meant that things took a, an interesting turn for you. Yeah, we did. It was an extraordinary experience because we, we lived on a cottage uh, in a cottage on this beautiful country estate just side, outside Edinburgh. And we were renting it actually at the time. And then one night when I was talking to the Lord, you know, he said to me very clearly, this is my wedding gift to you and Jill, which I found extraordinarily moving. And the house had never been sold in its sort of 300 year history or whatever, but I just knew God was going to make a way. We, we became the owners of it about a year later. And uh, I thought we'd be there for years because it was just a beautiful sort of ministry base for us to have in a perfect spot, lovely and secluded. And then within about a year of becoming the owners, God said that we were to leave. But we had already put plans in to renovate this house and sort of double it in size. And, and the extraordinary thing that happened, Andy, was that when it came to selling the house and being obedient to what we knew God was asking us to do, the house, the, the value that the price, I suppose, the sale price we got for the house, um, when you took off all the costs that we paid for the big renovation that we did, left us with exactly double the amount that we'd paid for the house in the first instance. So the wedding gift was given to us in its entirety. And that was just one of those deeply impacting experiences in our walk with God. And um, we thought that, you know, was a kind of a one-off thing. Anyone who's ever done a renovation will probably be relating very strongly to this. It's a pretty yeah. stressful thing to go through. But as we as we were coming out of worship ministry for this season and saying to God, what do you want us to do, Father? A bit like Paul, we need a tent building exercise. He said we were to home build. And I guess because we'd already had the experience of doing that cottage, we thought, all right, we can do this with your help. And so we, we got another house and did a similar renovation to that. And within about two, three years, we were doing multi-property developments, multi-million pound developments, and had a team of about 40 tradesmen working for us. So God really favoured it and blessed it. And uh, I, I guess allowed a, a, a quite a significant expansion of the place of our tent. Wow. And uh, had you had any experience of managing people and leading that kind of project before? 
Well, some, but not on that scale, obviously. That's pretty intensive shift. Um, for me, I, I, I'd had a fairly cosseted Christian life up until that point. <laughs> so suddenly dealing with tradesmen uh, of every imaginable background, socioeconomically and everything else, and culturally, it's a, you know, it's a jungle. But it was brilliant because it sort of forced me very much into the marketplace and made me have to learn to relate to people uh, love them, honor them, respect them, call out the treasure in them, be alongside them and um, and not and, and be really accessible and really personable. And that was something I think because I'd had a pretty sheltered life I needed to go through. And it gave me a sort of love and appreciation for the marketplace that we're very much in the world. Yes, we're not of the world, but we are in it. Let's not pretend. I mean, it can't be avoided. And Jesus was constantly in and amongst people in the world. If you look at the first couple of gospels, the 35 or so encounters that we read of that Jesus had with people, only five of them took place in synagogues. That's not even 15%. Of his encounters, the rest were out in the streets, the marketplace, you know, wherever. Um, and I think that's that should speak to us all profoundly about the the relevance there is in us being out in the world, confident in who we are with God, courageously able to stand in the things of Him, but being completely accessible and 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 relatable. And so that season gave us that grounding. Andrew, as you went through this uh, transition from from worship leader. Uh, to kind of property manager there's a obviously there's a self-identity issue that that people face when they change jobs and and I just wonder how how that was how you saw yourself in that season because you didn't know what God was going to lead you on to and therefore did you suddenly think crumbs I I'm I've, I'm a different person now because I'm now renovating property Where, where's my worship leading gone or did you always sense that God had an, an identity in him that transcended those things that's such a good question andy and a pretty um it's a very rich question i could spend the next half hour talking about that so i'm going to try to compress what i would say um i felt some guilt which i think people will relate to i think sometimes we can get so focused on the kind of mission of what we feel called to do, that whenever there's a change, A, it can be really hard to adjust to, or, or B, it can be really hard to even let go of what we were doing and allow God the space to do whatever he wants to do in us during that season of transition. Then I felt some relief because there was an acknowledgement within myself that yes, I really was burnt out and I couldn't carry on doing things on my own strength spiritually. And I needed such a deeper transformational work of Jesus to happen in my heart, that I was kind of really open to what that would be. Um, and, and then there was some sort of reticence about um, whether or not I was remotely capable of doing what God was asking me to do in that season. And I think I learned that, you know, God often doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And if we're constantly open to his input and his instruction, his teaching in our lives, we will always be able to become far more than we ever would have done outside of him. Um, but identity-wise, the biggest shift that started to happen in me was when God strips all those familiar things away and you're left just in that place of vulnerability before him, it can be quite exposing. You either run towards him or you run away from him. And I, I chose to run full speed towards him. Um, and what happened was God, God started to show me that a lot of the kind of 
structures spiritually that I'd built my life on were, were religious rather than relational. And that I needed to really ex- embark upon a journey from servanthood to sonship. I, I think I'd become a bit of a disgruntled employee, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to become an adoring son. And that's not a process that God forces upon anybody, but it's a it's a journey that he invites us to become a part of with him if we'll listen. And I really, really wanted to listen because deep down I loved him deeply and had done since I was small. But there'd been areas of disconnect that he was wanting to properly root in me and, and properly align. And so we we would go off on prayer walks, Jill and I, for hundreds of miles over the over the course of those those few years. We accumulated just hundreds of miles of just talking to God in prayer and asking him to show us what he wanted to do in us. And this was around about 2010, 2011. We hadn't heard anything in wider Christendom at that point about the culture of honour things, you know, which is so kind of um, um, visible and, and, and you know, uh, uh, prolific now. But what we found was Holy Spirit started to speak directly to us about our need to engender in our hearts a culture of honour, to engender in our hearts a new narrative that was a life-speaking, life-bringing narrative with such power in our words and that despite the breakthroughs that we were longing for and had been praying for, when we saw other people having similar breakthroughs, it was vital that we learned to start celebrating those for those folks or applauding them in that, cheering them on, regardless of where we were at any given point. And, and as that culture of our hearts started to shift, language in us started to shift, there was a deeper renewing of areas of our minds that clearly needed it. And, and we had this, I would call it a paradigm shift in God, where I could I can honestly sit here and say, no, I'm a completely different guy to the one I was sort of eight years ago. And whilst I might have thought I had a hold of a lot of this stuff eight years ago, in all honesty, I didn't. And it's taken this very intensive season of deep transformation in God to bring these changes about. Oh, fabulous, Andrew. Thank you for, for putting into words what was, uh, I'm sure, a very deep and Hard to articulate, perhaps a season of a season of your life. Bless you. Obviously, you, you, yourself and Jill, no doubt there are also other Christian friends close to you. Uh, some perhaps mm. puzzled by what was going on, or some supportive. Have you any reflections on on how the, the kind of team Mitchell <laughs> functioned <laughs> at this point? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jill and I have always surrounded ourselves with people in the generation above us, or or in the two generations above us. I think societally speaking, it's ridiculous that the world marginalizes people as they get older. We're the opposite. We embrace them and celebrate them and honor them more and more. And I think in 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 you know in the kingdom of God, that's vital because they carry so much wisdom, so much insight, life experience, and increased discernment. And so we've always been blessed with great mums and dads in the faith and continue to be. Uh, a lot of them, needless to say, because of their wisdom recognized that this was absolutely a season and process that that I, I needed to go through and were thoroughly supportive of it. Um, so we were we were you know we were surrounded by a lot of love and prayer cover uh, through it all and you know patience I have to thank them for their patience. Yeah, I think when you're watching somebody who's getting great big lumps extrapolated from their heart <laughs> but still willingly being alongside them and loving them because you see the potential in them and the treasure in them it speaks highly 
of the qualities of those people. And we were surrounded by folks like that, I'm, I'm thankful to say. And that's given me a, a deep appreciation of, of what it is for other people to go through profound times of change in their walk with God. And I encourage people to embrace those seasons. You know, I encourage people now to not fear the, the, the times of change that God will inevitably want to bring uh, about in all of our lives. We don't start off as whole, do we? Becoming whole is a process. We're told we are transformed from glory into glory. We're progressively made whole. Quite obviously, it's a journey. I think one of the thing that's, things that's so important to me, well, a couple of things, Andy. I mean, one, I learned to really laugh at myself. And I think that's important. I think learning to be self-effacing in leadership is really, really key. Uh, I find myself quite hysterical, if I'm honest now, but that's because I see all of my flaws, but through a much healthier lens. <laughs> uh, but secondly, being honest, and it takes vulnerability to be honest. And that's really uncomfortable in leadership because nobody really wants to admit to having any areas of fragility in their lives. But, you know, God hasn't called us to be leaders. He's called us to be his children. You know, leadership might be an area of expression out from our Christian lives, but first and foremost, we're called to be his children. And that means that, that I want to have the richest, most dynamic, most articulate, most alive relationship with him that I can possibly have. And if that means learning to be much more vulnerable and, and open about my, my huge need for him, and his sovereignty in my life, and, and his healing in his life, and, and his ability to make me whole, then I'm going to avail myself of that with all my heart. It's 100% worth it, and I encourage anybody listening uh, to do the same, because God longs for those opportunities and seasons in our lives where he can really get into the deep stuff and start extrapolating old mind sets that have kept us back or you know old views of things that have not been fruitful in in our lives and 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 you know he says in his word behold i make all things new for goodness sake let's give him the space to make things new in us well andrew now you're you're kind of running the whole estate as i understand it where where you were you previously owned a cottage. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, you know, and there was times when God's clearly favoured you with um, being able to own something where other people had made bids to own it as well. So I don't know if you were able to share any of that without um, going into confidences. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, extraordinarily, when we were in our cottage, God started to speak to Jill and I about the fact that we would become the owners of the estate one day. And we thought that would be decades ahead. And then in 2015, having had a four million pound renovation, the whole stately home and estate went on the market. And we just knew God was saying, OK, kids, it's now. Get ready to jump. And uh, we we fought off all of the other international buyers who were vying to, to become the owners because we were just walking in destiny. And God had made it very clear that it was for us. He told us in advance that he was giving us the spiritual water rights there and that we were to unblock the spiritual wells. It's a place where people have been encountering God and having amazing experiences with him for over 800 years so it's just one of those hugely significant spiritual hubs within the uk and, and the world um so thankfully on christmas eve 2015 we we became the owners and we have 70 staff um running across six different departments and um we are gradually um i suppose reculturalizing the entire vision for the estate and what we believe god has called us there to do Wow. Well, wow, that is just thrilling to hear. Um, 
So how can people get to connect with you as in your work as a musician now, Andrew? You're now back. You've, you're just releasing this song, which we'll hear at the end of this uh, broadcast. Um, presumably there's a website and places people can go. Yeah. Um, for all you have done is just a story that invites us to through worship, to thank God in advance for the things that he has done in our futures, which I hope really speaks to people given the last 18 months we've all had to navigate through. I think so many people have felt frightened about their futures, hopeless, and that a sense of despair has really set in and things have felt so shaky and transient. And I felt in February when I wrote this song that God was just birthing in me something in, in, in through worship that, that gave me an opportunity to trust that he is who he says he is yesterday, today, and forever. God exists outside of time, as we know. So he can go backwards in time. He can go forwards in time. He's already been into my future, and he's already been into yours, Andy, and everybody's future that's listening today. And he's saturated our futures with blessings that have that just have poured out of the Father heart of love that he has for each one of us. So despite our current circumstances and whatever they may be for anyone listening, we can stand confidently in the reality of who Jesus says he is and thank him in advance for all he has done in our futures. And that really became the whole invitation and core of this worship song. So yes, um, it's been released. Um, we have a wonderful production team now and songs are being released on a fairly regular basis because I've been writing constantly over the last few years whilst this process of change has been taking place in me. And this first song is on a, a forallyouhaveDone.com and it's downloadable on that site. And if people want to follow us on social media, then they can do um, at Safe House Scotland. That's the Instagram handle at Safe House Scotland. I really just want to say thank you so much for the time to share hearts today and for all that you're doing through Premier Radio. We, we really bless the work of the team there and pray that God continues to favour it and multiply the impact through all your endeavours. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for, for all that you've shared. We look forward now to, to listening and to reflecting on your story as we listen to this song. So thank you. Bless you. The peace of Christ into my heart peace of Christ into my home, the peace of Christ into my life, the peace of Christ, peace of Christ, the love of God into my soul, the love of God deep in my bones, the love of God to give me hope. Love of God I will sing to my Savior For all days to come In the battle for truth He has already won Every mountain and stronghold Has been to heal my 
grace of God to make me new The hand of God to guide me through The hand of God singing for all you have done. A different kind of leadership show, the first time we've had music on the show in its uh, 16 years. But I hope Andrew's message of the preciousness of God's fatherly love for you uh, will be heeded. That's the message that he certainly had to learn from God. Too often we're like the older son in the parable of the prodigal son. We're slaving away Uh, trying to please the Father, when actually the Father has all the resources ready for us. He will throw a party whenever we like. Do you recall what the Father said to the Son? All I have is yours. So may you learn what it is to be a son who enjoys uh, the abundance that his Father has as you use your influence wherever God has placed you. Of course, there are many Uh, Shows also available for you to listen to on archive. Uh, The Leadership Show is available on demand via Premier's website or via the uh, podcast platform where you listen to this from. It's my joy, as always, to be uh, creating programs for you. Uh, This is Andy Peck. Looking forward to your company again next Sunday at four. Thanks for tuning in. The Leadership Show. 
with Andy Peck. Email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.